Solid job by the Kings, obviously killing the penalties, but right now they need a chain, uh, a whistle, a something slow it down. Shot, that one's going to be wide, rebound, far side shot, coming across, Zekhoff able to block it. Oh. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. We know you're probably curious about the news regarding Jeff Zatkoff. You're probably curious about the status of Paul Ledoux. And I know that you're definitely curious about this week's episode of Kings Weekly on Fox Sports West. So if you're not Kings fans, I went out and I got John Rosen and Jack Wilson to talk to me. And we're going to tell you all about those very topics. And this time, I promise you no college football talk. Actually, I take that back. There is maybe just a tiny bit of college football talk, but it's right at the end. And it's only... No, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just go ahead and listen. I promise you the college football talk is scaled way, way back. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast at lakings.com slash podcast. Subscription links for iTunes and Google Play are there, as well as recent episodes. Now, here's Johnny. Joining me today, LA Kings insider John Rosen. How are you doing today, John? Good. Good. Almost time for a haircut, though. That's uh, on the docket. That was my New Year's resolution, is to get haircuts. Get more haircuts. (laughs) And from Fox Sports West, senior producer Jack A. Wilson. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm great. I'm ready, waiting with bated breath to hear John tell us what he did with his day off today. Well, we were were scheduled to talk about what John was going to do with his day off today, but instead... (laughs) Instead, uh, breaking bombshell this morning, Jeff Zadkoff placed on waivers. The internet is Wait, hold on, hold on. I got to stop you there. That's not a phrase. It's Uh, either breaking news or it's a bombshell. There's not breaking a breaking bombshell is a thing. It's breaking news. Jeff Zadkoff (laughs) placed on waivers. Uh, The internet is all a titter, John Rosen. So tell me why this doesn't mean that Jonathan Quick is coming back. Well, uh, first of all, that's a really good point there by AP-style insider uh, Jack Wilson. <laughs> um, but no, Jonathan Quick, is, his return is not imminent, as we reported 800,000 times. He's coming back <laughs> early to mid-March. Um, he's getting closer, but he still has to go through about six or seven practices of simulated games. You're starting to see guys bump him, touch him, get closer to him. I wouldn't say bump him, but, but the, the intensity of the practices has ramped up. And eventually, Daryl Sutter and him will sit down and, and pinpoint the game that's going to be coming up. Uh, I, I hate speculating on any of this type of stuff, but um, knowing that it's still about two weeks away, knowing that he's uh, about six, seven, eight games away from returning, I look at that three or four day break right before that Nashville game on March 9th. I think that's a potential target if you were to throw a dart at some particular date. Um, it's going to be right around there. It's going to be around the second week of March, barring anything unforeseen. And, you know, there haven't been any setbacks right now. Um, but this Jeff Zadkoff move today is really for flexibility of what could happen around the trading deadline uh, in terms of, of, of goaltending or in terms of other positions. Um, uh, he most likely will clear. I don't know the inner workings of you know, many of the other you know, 29 or 30 NHL franchises at this point right now. I do know that Philadelphia, uh, according to Frank Cervelli, and we were doing some research just moments ago, uh, still, I believe, is the only team uh, that needs uh, a goaltender under contract for next year that they would be able to expose. Um, but 
there is a possibility that he clears waivers. I think that's greater than 50%. Uh, on which case, if that were to happen, he is going to remain on this LA Kings roster for the near future, potentially until Jonathan Quick is available to return. And then you have other questions that might come up. But there are going to be a whole set of other variables because that's past the trading deadline. Players could be injured. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But um, this was to maintain that flexibility because when a player is placed on waivers, he doesn't uh, have to clear waivers again to be assigned to the American Hockey League within 10 games or 30 days. So uh, the timing of this is perhaps the Kings sense that maybe some other teams might go out and get a goalie. Maybe they don't want to be under the hook for the contract for this upcoming year, this next year. They sense this is the time right now and this was the best time to put him on waivers, similar to what you saw back uh, in the preseason with Peter Budai when they chose to send Peter Budai at the time down uh, that they did and ended up working when he cleared waivers and was assigned to AHL Ontario. So a uh, roundabout way of saying uh, it creates a little bit of flexibility. Jack Campbell is not coming up right now. That has more or less been ruled out, even though that was something that the team had strongly considered um, earlier, especially for those who had read my, you know, my conversations with Dean Lombardi uh, and, you know, other potential, you know, uh, hot stove type uh, transactions. Um, but right now it, it, it still just appears to be Peter Budai's crease. Uh, Jeff Sackhoff will remain with the team right now, uh, you know, pending any claim. So I just have two questions then, given all that information. One, I understand that if Zatkoff is waived and clears, he doesn't necessarily have to be sent down. But what if he is claimed? That's an interesting question. In that event, uh, that probably wouldn't hurt the Kings at all, because in that case, the Kings' hand would be forced, and then they would recall Jack Campbell. Uh, and then Jack Campbell would more or less probably fill... Uh, the Jeff Zadkoff role, perhaps with a little bit more work because uh, the Kings do have those back-to-backs coming up. In that case, the team that that would affect would most likely be the Ontario Reign, where you start looking at you know, starting goaltender Jack Flynn, uh, unless they decide to go out and, and go and acquire a minor league goaltender. So, um, you know, there's also the possibility that, that they go out and acquire a goalie uh, from another team through a trade. You know, I, I listened to insider trading on TSN. I heard what uh, Pierre Lebrun was saying, and I, too, had heard... Um, uh, Ryan Miller's name come up. I had even heard Jonathan Bernier's name came up, come up, which I think had even been alluded to very early in the season, right after Quick was injured uh, in a 30 thoughts column by Elliot Friedman. Um, but with that being said, the consensus that I'm getting right now, and I don't know if I should call it a consensus or the prevailing view of the front office is that they are more not as likely to go out and make a trade because then again, there are going to be set with in a couple weeks from now, the same decision when Jonathan Quick does come back. Um, but the you know the, the kind of intel that I had been hearing, uh, and this goes along with Jonathan Quick being able to come back in two or three weeks, uh, was that was mostly ruled out that they weren't going to go out and, and acquire a goaltender, um, that it was going to be Budai and Zadkov for the near future. Um, but that being said, if something presents itself, the Kings have these back-to-backs coming up. They don't want to shed points in the standings when they're a tight, tight race for the playoffs. Um, I think that's a less than fifty percent uh, likelihood that L.A. goes out and, and gets a goaltender. And, and again, when you bring up names like... like um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been going for 10 minutes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. One last time, you're right, Jack. Hi, guys, how are you? How's everybody doing today? <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll get this out of the way. We're almost done with the podcast here. <laughs> get this out of the way. John has said everything he was going to say. We're not just getting this out of the way. Like, can, I just, can I make my joke that I've been sitting on for 10 minutes? Yes, go. Uh, John, John said that player's been bumping into John, Jonathan Quick. I just wanted to point out that uh, from, from past experience, that's usually not a good idea. All right, go ahead, John. <laughs> Thank you. you. Any more jokes, Jack? 
No, that was it. I've just been holding that for 10 minutes. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. <laughs> um, you know, just to clarify, just to provide all shades of context, um, you know, when you talk about looking or kicking tires at a goaltender, teams are just doing their due diligence. That doesn't mean that player X is on his way to team Y. It's teams when they know that there is a perhaps a hole that they need to fill. They're going to look at every potential possible option. Um, and and look at those players and, and then come to a conclusion. But I, I, again, that's probably a, a less than 50% likelihood at this point. So my second question then is if Zatkoff, <laughs> if Zatkoff is claimed, uh, let's just say by Philadelphia, for example, because they're the only team without a goalie to wave or to protect rather or to expose. Um, if Zatkoff is claimed, do the Kings have another goalie to expose? Because my understanding is that Part of the benefit of acquiring Zatkoff was that he fit the criteria and the Kings could protect quick, expose Zatkoff, and not worry about it. So how much time do you have? I got 15,000 words for you. Right? Wait, hold on. <laughs> before before John answers, please, everybody picture me with my hands folded in my lap, physically twiddling my thumbs. That'd while, be great because I can hear uh, you typing through here. the mic. So uh, Jack, Jack Campbell is also uh, somebody that fits the requirements uh, for expansion exposure. Um, you know, he wasn't the, the first and foremost uh, guy that they had been thinking about when, when signing Jeff Zadkoff on the uh, 1st of July, just because they weren't quite sure what they had right then at that point. They wanted to have another goaltender, perhaps, and they do still need to build up their goaltending pipeline. So um, uh, Campbell would be somebody who would fit uh, that description. He would be eligible for expansion uh, selection if that's how Las Vegas would want to go. But I, I would think that there are uh, other players who would have a you know more kind of tangible output that they could select from LA's roster. So, so at the risk of, of sounding cruel and inhuman towards a, another person, the Kings can afford to lose. I mean, it may be inconvenient for them to lose Jeff Zatkoff, but it doesn't place them in any sort of emergency situation. Um, yeah. You know, and these are stories that you don't like to write and sure. because, because of how much everybody really likes Jeff Zatkoff. This is a very funny guy. He's a very smart guy. I think anyone who saw the Pittsburgh Penguins celebrating the Stanley Cup in San Jose uh, last spring recalls him, you know, dancing at center ice and, you know, on camera. And it's not just that. He, he's a great guy to have around. So that is understood. Um, but no, this, again, isn't the the most massive kind of you know, tectonic moving mm -hmm. piece of news, but it does kind of raise other questions over, you know, what the direction of, of several decisions are how, and how it relates to Jonathan Quick, how it relates to who they might be targeting via trade, uh, all that type of stuff. But uh, as it turns out, based on a, a ton of conversations this morning, um, you know, the same timeline applies for Quick. L less than 50% chance, probably from what a lot of us are hearing, that they go out and get a goaltender via trade, though that's still a possibility on the table. And, and also the less than 50% possibility um, of Jack Campbell getting recalled. Again, these aren't absolute sciences. Sure. You kind of get a probability at that point. So, John, the second question I have to ask you is where was Paul Ledoux? Uh, Paul Ledoux has an upper body injury, uh, as I learned from Dean Lombardi right before we were getting uh, on the bus to go to the Pepsi Center uh, in Denver on uh, on Tuesday night, there's just no idea right now the severity of the injury. Uh, at least it wasn't shared, uh, but that that's coming straight from Dean, and uh, it appeared to happen uh, during that Anaheim game. He ended up playing nearly 18 minutes, was on the ice with uh, with Peter Budai pulled in that game. Um, you know, I had received uh, notes on, on Twitter, um, you know, of, of where it could have occurred, or you know, this or there, but. Um, I just know that he has an, an upper body injury and, and uh, is, is unavailable in the immediate future. 
Jack, you've worked with the team for plenty of years. Uh, how concerned we should how concerned should we be by the quote unquote undis- uh, undisclosed a non specific upper body injury? Well, I mean that's just a hockey thing. I don't think that's a, a Kings thing, right? That's uh, that's about as specific as you're going to get. I, I don't know. It was weird because it didn't seem. Um, it didn't. It just. It seemed to come out of nowhere. At least surprise. So seemed to surprise most people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It's scary now. When. When. Uh, I guess when you get this close to the trade deadline, or not scary is not the right word. Uh, but. But it, it is alarming when. When you're this close to the trade deadline, and all of a sudden guys aren't where you think they're supposed to be. So I think maybe if it was earlier in the season, it, it, it's not as uh, startling. But. But when once you get to this point in the year, every, everyone. Whether they know something like John or, or, or have like some sort of a good read on what's going on, or whether you're just reading Twitter, uh, everyone wants to expand those little uh, those, those little incidents into into bigger things and try and figure out what it all means. When usually it just means the guy's injured. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny to me that a guy who's only been up for five games, right, misses one game, and we're and you know there's the reaction would be similar to, you know, when Toffoli went out, right? There's people talking about, well, are they holding him out for a trade? You know, was the five game thing just a, a, a showcase? Just all the, the crazy theories are out of the woodworks for a guy who was most likely, I mean, I don't know, John, I, I know you don't like to speculate, but there was no guarantee that he was going to even finish the season with the club, right? I mean, he's a, he's a young player enjoying his first stint in the NHL. You know, I, I feel that way more about certain players. I think that may be more accurate with Adrian Kempe right now. But mm-hmm. um, I look at his minutes. I look at the assignments that he gets. I look at who his defensive partners are. And he was being thrown right in there and looked fine. Uh, he was acquitting himself quite well. So, Well, and um, I, I think we go back to, to camp. I, I think John w- reported, and I think a lot of people relayed the information from hockey development and management that um, just on pure performance in camp, Ledoux was one of the better defensemen. And I think if not for his age and options and all that, I'm not saying he would have made the team, but I think he, he def- definitely um, made, made an impression in camp. So this isn't just like he came up for five games, looked pretty good. And th- I think I think um, a lot of this or like I said, he made his first impression in camp and, and it's stuck with people. It seems like if that's correct, John. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, I. I, I, I He's a he's a right shot defenseman on a team that is loath to part with any of its young assets right now. Um, he has a major future in this team in the immediate and in the you know near future, and I would expect the extended future. Um, you know, I think this relates to a lot of the trade discussions, and every single time I you know I approach a subject with with people in, in the front office, they are saying we want to avoid the situation where it's the Andre Sakara situation from several years ago. Right. Um, that is a prime motivating factor of this team and the decisions that they're making right now. Um, and they want to avoid that at all costs. So what they're looking for right now is a forward who can play wing alongside Andre Kopitar, but isn't going to cost them a ton of assets. Those kind of criteria can be incongruous. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's a very limited pile of players right there. You know, they have to be cognizant as well of players that are, you know, up for new contracts this coming year, such as Tyler Toffoli and Tanner Pearson. Um, so it, they're looking at rentals who aren't going to cost much, but potentially have a high end. Maybe Teddy Purcell down the line um, is somebody that could eventually help out. I don't know that. I'm not sure. I haven't heard his name in a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's the 
first Teddy Purcell mentioned since uh, maybe a week after he was sent down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of, uh, you know, you look at the players who were acquired by this team via free agency over the summer. And, you know, that's that's certainly the most disappointing, the real disappointment of them. Um, you know, as we've mentioned on the podcast, as I've reported about 800,000 times, uh, Michael Latta, Zach Trotman, those players were players who were signed to play in the American Hockey League. You still have to sign AHL players on July 1st as well. Um, and barring any major injuries or certain players not being able to start the season, you know, those were, you know, very limited kind of uh, variables that would have allowed them to play in Los Angeles this year. Um, you know, I think Jeff Zadkoff, they needed a backup goaltender. Uh, they didn't find the right one. Uh, as, as harsh as that sounds, as good as the guy he is, it has been a rough season for him so far, and he hasn't found any regularity or continuity in his game. Um, Tom Gilbert was signed as a seventh defenseman. Uh, who was there to kind of split some minutes as a veteran, uh, you know, in a role that Matt Green has as a right shot defenseman, didn't work out too well either. Um, you know, there can be plenty of other questions. You look at some of the, uh, you know, the value that Minnesota has gotten from Stahl this year. You know, was he somebody that was being considered? I think the real question here about the Kings offseason targets is, were they under the impression that this coming year was going to be a year where it was one of those quote-unquote take our medicine types of years and that they're in the process of retooling where they didn't want to tie themselves up in a lot of expensive investments, because you all know that going the free agency route, it's more likely that you get burned than you get saved. I don't think you will ever get the answer for that with truth serum. I think it would be difficult to get the answer to that. Um, just because, you know, if you say, yeah, well, we approached it this certain way and, you know, we weren't sure, you know, whether this was going to be the most competitive season for this team, then all of a sudden, you know, you're admitting to the entire, you know, fan base to the, to the season ticket holders that, you know, that this, this was a season perhaps that, you know, they might have had to retool just a little bit. And those are those are words that you don't always want to share. But um, when you look at the uh, offseason acquisitions, uh, the most disappointing of them uh, was Teddy Purcell. <laughs> I, I well, I think Jesse and I spent a good amount of time last week kind of talking about um, the, what you just said there, John, which is that I think there were. There were, there were some reporters talking about, the, you know, listing the, with no real context, listing the uh, the Kings offseason moves and how none of them necessarily were having a huge impact on the on the lineup, I guess, was the implication. And and like you, I think you referenced there, it, you know, sometimes some years it's a take, like you said, I think take your medicine year, which is what uh, I believe Fuda said back at the draft uh, when you wrote a piece on that and and. For the most part, it's all, you know, whether it's Devin Setaguchi chipping in at the level he did due to some early season injuries or or Peter Budai, even though he was not obviously acquired this offseason, but but him making the move into the NHL this year and holding the fort while while quick um, while quick was out. I think there is something to be said for a lot of teams going through this type of season where 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 they're just kind of resetting um, would look a lot worse than the Kings look right now. Um, yeah, so there, there is to be something, something to be said for that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't throw Devin, like you alluded to, I don't throw Devin Setaguchi at all into that type of, he was a PTO who was basically invited right. to camp, which, you know, I reported and then he comes uh, and, and as you know, he reported as well, signed that contract was expected to sign a contract, you know, with a strong camp, especially with, um, you know, when Marriott Gabrick went down, um, 
Well, yeah, well that's that's that's, good that's story. Kind of my, yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. The, yeah. Though that's my point. And then Budai yeah. wasn't a wasn't wasn't a signing either. But again, they've they've found place, place ways to fill these holes yeah. from within or or whatever. So it's fine if Teddy Purcell didn't work out or whatever. It's 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 yeah. like you said. It's take your medicine here. Don't do anything stupid. Don't give away any other assets. Yeah. So exactly, the team can't come out and say that obviously. But right. that is the question. When we have eventually that you know that that phone call, the conference call. With Dean Lombardi, you know, it's going to be, you know, what was the outlook at, at free agency last year? Did How did that impact the types of players that you guys went out and got? Because it was clearly, looking at the guys that they went, all low-risk, low-reward type guys. And they right. got a, a low yield from them. So, I mean, that's, it's, that's basically what happened. But, you know, to, to say, uh, you know, Michael Latta was waived or Zach Trotman was waived, those guys are going to play in the age. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the Kings play the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll see Paul do back. We don't know. Hopefully the goaltending situation will uh, have at least uh, calmed down, let's say. But uh, after the game, we've got another episode of Kings Weekly. Jack, what can we expect this week? Um, we are we we got we had a full slate for this week's Kings Weekly. Even though Paul Ledoux might be out with an upper body injury and not playing, or maybe playing tomorrow night. Either way, you can see him because <laughs> he's going to be on Kings Weekly answering fan questions uh, from Twitter uh, in a new uh, Kings mailbag. Um, so we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll bring you the story. Last week was Random Acts of Kindness Week, and the uh, the Kings got in on the action. Hosted a, uh, a family, three brothers. Um, uh, who are ill? They they but they hosted them at uh, Kings practice and gave them a really nice day. Uh, they got to meet their favorite player, Andre Kopitar. Daryl Evans, as he always is, was in the middle of the action giving the boys a tour. Really nice story. Kings did something really cool, and and you can see it on Kings Weekly. Um, we have I know everyone watched the game last Thursday. It was Pride Night at the game. Full sights and sounds behind all the action of that night. Lots of stuff you didn't see. Um, recap of all the stuff that happened on the ice. Uh, who, who, who are the guys on the team that, from a standpoint of producing interesting, you know, outside of the lines type content that you guys are getting out, who, who are the most uh, receptive to that and provide that, whether this year or in previous years, that, that you've enjoyed working with the most? You, Alex, and Fox Sports West. I mean, it, it, we're, we're, we're blessed with some guys with some interesting personalities. Um, it's tough because it's you know, it's these guys are so committed to the the rink time or the time at the rink, and whether it's practice or working out or film or meetings or whatever that um, you know they're very generous when they do share their time. But but I I mean I we have our personal favorites who 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 we uh, who we who we love to do stuff with. Tyler Tyler is always pretty pretty game for anything, and he's active in the community as he's active with us in the media. Um, I, we've had great experiences with Jeff Carter. Um, and especially when we get to, uh, get, which we're getting close to here, bark madness, uh, we, him and his, uh, his wife and, and their, you know, wags and walks helping us out, um, promoting that. So it's guys like that are, are always easy to work with. And Alec Martinez, uh, has a unique sense of humor, which is, which is always fun. And, um, it, I mean, it, honestly, it's 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 fun to see Jarrett Stoll back on the Kings broadcast crew with with you and the rest of the guys because I don't know if anybody was ever better than Jarrett as far as uh, doing stuff. We went and did yoga with him, I think, at one point for <laughs> Kings Weekly. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll uh, even though he's not playing anymore, maybe we can start taking advantage of his free time as well again. 
you know, it, was, it was interesting you bring him up. We were talking yesterday at the game during the first intermission, um, uh, Jim Fox and I, which players, whether on this current Kings team or previous Kings teams, would be a good color commentator. Obviously, Jared Stoll would be yeah. top of a lot of people's lists. Um, you know, we, we thought about, you know, how great Drew Doughty would be as a color commentator. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, oh, go on. No, I was going to say, no, that's, we actually asked, I think last week we asked all the players, like we did like a little bit where we asked all the players who would make the best ones. And Tanner Pearson, I think suggested Drew Doughty because he said he watches a lot of hockey in his downtime. And we, and we asked Drew for his thoughts on that. And he, he was not into that at all. The, the <laughs> idea of that. So I, at least as at this point, I don't, he doesn't see that in his own future. It seems, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because there's like this code amongst players where you, you, there are things you should say and things you can't say and saying too much to the media or on the record. And you know, that might be very difficult for young players who or people who are just fresh out of their playing careers you know, who are trying to find their role as a color commentator, um, what they can say, what they can't say, while still providing, you know, valuable insight into the game and, you know, the, the real, you know, things that you can learn. So I think that's something that, that you know, some players early in their broadcasting career have to adjust to. Um, but in other names, yeah. yeah, Matt Green would be so good. Colin oh, Matt Green's the best, yeah. Oh, Frazier, your, your podcast with Colin Frazier, we're, we're uh, second that. only to all the Kingsman podcasts. <laughs> Gosh, shucks. Um, wait, so, so, but in addition to that, we also have fantasy camp, Derek Armstrong, Daryl Evans and the rest, uh, held fantasy camp last week for, for some, um, some big Kings fans. So that we'll have that as well. And, uh, and since I know Rich Hammond's less listening, we have an exclusive one-on-one with Alex Curry and Clay Helton, uh, head coach of the USC football Trojans, uh, champions of the 2017 Rose bowl game. The guys were at the Kings game on Thursday with the uh, Rose Bowl trophy, and uh, our, our own Alex Curry caught up with Coach Clay Helton. So that's something just for Rich Hammond in this week's show. <laughs> only for it. Everyone else should just turn it off. Only well, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I assume everyone else will enjoy it, but I'm saying it's for Rich Hammond. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, do yourselves a favor, Kings fans, and do watch that uh, following the Kings game against the Boston Bruins. I want to thank both of you for joining me as always. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. And if anything happens with Zadkoff or Ledoux, uh, (laughs) be sure to check all the Kingsmen first, and then we'll talk to John all about it. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.